This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Matt Richardson, how are you? Good. House hunting at the moment. Are you? Yeah. Moving out of London. Right, okay, you're doing it. I moved to the sticks, I believe they call it, don't they? I mean, you get a cat. You fucking move to the sticks. Yeah, mate. Well, I mean, I'm from out of London, so I think I'm going to go back nearish there, you know, go back near Oxford. That's kind of the plan. Right, nice. Going to go and try and live in a slightly bigger house because house pricing, like, I can't afford to stay really brutally after a pandemic. That's my problem. Yeah, mate. I feel you. I did look around by you, actually. Did you really? I did. Too expensive for me. And apparently the neighbours are a nightmare. I assume they mean you. Yeah. 100%. I'm very much hated where I live. No. I am. In fact, I was in the shop the other day. I was in Budgin, just down the road. Yeah. And there was a guy paying for his groceries. Yeah. And I was stood behind him waiting to pay. And I was a good metre and a half away from him. And he was about to type his pin in and went, could you back up, please? I was like, oh, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's maybe because I'm really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he just thinks, you know, you know you're cool and young. I was like, well, in fact, I was wearing a cardigan and I'm nearly 40. <laughs> I love that, though. Could you back up, please? I'd have been like, sorry, mate, I don't need your pin for my groceries because I've sold millions of fucking albums. You know what I'd have done? I'd have hit him over the head with a Brit award. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I would have done in that situation. Absolute bellend. Because I have them in my back pocket at all times. You know, you never know. I would always carry them round if I were you. I might get them tattooed on me, on my forearms, like that. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm always raising them. If I was ever going to a restaurant and I didn't have a reservation, I'd always go, sorry, mate, I'm just looking for my reservation. Can I just pop this on the side while I look? And I just plonk a Brit Award there. And then they go, oh, he's got a Brit Award. We should probably let him have a table. Yeah. That's what I would do. Do you know what I love about the Brit Awards more than the fact that I've won Brit Awards? Go on. Is that Emma's got a Brit Award because she hosted the Brit Awards. They give them out to the hosts? She's got one. She's only got one. I've got two. <laughs> Look, mate, I can't sit here and laugh at someone for only hosting something once. That's basically <laughs> my whole career. <laughs> oh, Matt, I hope you get a house, mate. Really hope you get it. Yeah, I think we are. Yeah. It's just, you know, selling this flat quick enough to get the one we want. Yeah, I want to buy a farm. Do you? I've got a feeling in me, man. I really, really want to buy a fucking farm. With animals or arable? Animals and agriculture. Really? Like a fully regenerative agriculture. Like a fully functioning farm? Yeah, I'm into it, mate. Really into it. Man, that sounds awful. My worst nightmare is buying somewhere I live that involves work. Yeah, and no, I do know what you mean. And I have a tendency to get a hobby and then I stare at it and it makes me feel bad about myself because I didn't keep it up. If I was then living on it with like livestock running riot because I didn't know what to do and like they're dying because I'm not feeding them or something, it'd be pretty disastrous, wouldn't it? Yeah. And also, from everything I know about you, 
you do like something for a very short amount of time. I know. And then move on to the next one. Yeah, I really, really do become very obsessed about something very quickly and then get a bit bored. Yeah. So maybe like investing your life into that is not a good idea. Yeah. Funnily enough, Emma's not into it. Shock. She's not up for it, you know. But who knows? Who knows? Mate, look, one day when she's a little bit older and she wants that country file job. Exactly. Exactly. There's always a move, Emma. Exactly. Yeah. So this week's episode, we're joined by someone who I see as like, he's a bit of a hero of mine. Like it's the kind of person I would like to be like Rick Edwards. Yeah. He's had a great career. He's funny. He's handsome. He's everything I think I am. Do you know what it is? Like, you know, certain people in life, you're just like a bit too cool for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, he's in that Rick Edwards, George Lamb kind of like, you're a bit too fucking cool for me to be around because I feel a bit inadequate as a man around you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But then when I chatting to him, I was like, oh, you're a really bloody lovely bloke. Damn you, be charming as well. Yeah, you hate that. Like, you went to Cambridge. Yeah. He's good looking. Clever, he's stylish. He's a television presenter, and you think, I hope you're a bell end, just because you're not allowed everything. Yeah. But no, he's nice as well. Yeah, bloody nice, yeah. So on this podcast with Rick Edwards, what you're going to hear is a little confession from one of our listeners. If you want to send one of these in, you can. Just get in touch with us on Instagram at WNOW Podcast. And if you like the sound of this extra little confession, you can hear more of them if you sign up to our Patreon Every week with our celebrity guests, we go through a few of your confessions. Just go to patreon.com forward slash W-N-O-W and you can sign up there. You also get an extra confession from our celebrity guest and there's loads more on there you can see. Yeah, we do a spin-off podcast called Total Wrongans where we look at people through history and people that are too big or (laughs) (laughs) we're not going to get on our podcast and we discuss the shit that they get up to. And um, it's slowly becoming my favourite thing we do. Absolutely same. It's great. It's just basically you and me talking without any supervision for once. Yeah. (laughs) That's why it's so fun. It's great. So enjoy Rick Edwards. This is When No One's Watching. The podcast where celebrities confess their guilty pleasures. And then we decide whether they're good, bad. Crack on and stop feeling embarrassed about it. Or bad, bad. Go straight to bed, no tea, and think about what you've done. You might be asking why they tell us these things, and it's basically because we are guilty pleasures, aren't we? I'm Matt Richardson, uh, Heat Magazine's Weird Crush of the Year. And I'm Matt Willis, from Busted. Yeah, I know, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome to When No One's Watching with me and Mr. Matt Richardson. Hello, Matt. How are you? I'm really excited. Our guest today is, I mean, broadcaster, author, all-rounder, Rick Edwards is with us. Yes. Hello. Thanks very much for coming on. It's lovely to have you here. Now, these things you're going to talk about today, have you talked about them on anything like this before, or are they new confessions you've had to dig deep to find? So I think I've mentioned one of them in passing before related to a news story. Right, I see. And it got quite a violent reaction. (laughs) Okay. I think you'll appreciate it. Yeah. Fantastic. And as a whole, how do you feel about confessing? Are you a secretive man? Are you quite open with your confessions? I I always go into things thinking, uh, you know, be discreet, be classy, be cool. And then I tend to get overexcited. And genuinely, this happened this morning. Me and my wife went for a, a walk to go and get coffee. And she said, oh, you're doing this podcast this way. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said, can you just please not embarrass yourself or me too much? <laughs> and she always says that. And then afterwards, when I give her the debrief, she's like, well, that is not what I asked for. <laughs> That's the opposite. I think the fantastic part of what she said was too much. <laughs> you know, true, actually. Yeah, yeah. There's a level that yeah, is yeah. acceptable. There's a bit of leeway. Exactly. So that where is that level? 
You know, like, we don't know. Too much could be all kinds of things. Matt does it all the time. He's always like, oh, my God, well, with Emma. And, and I guess it's annoying because all three of us have partners who are also publicly facing. They're in the public eye doing mm, things. So yeah. there's a bit more jeopardy there, isn't there? I think so, yeah. yeah. I went on, um, uh, I don't think he does it anymore, a podcast that Joel Domit used to do. Yeah. And my wife gave me the classic briefing of don't say anything too awful. And again, I just got carried away and told a story about sort of pleasuring a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Is there any more context to the story about pleasuring a dog? There is, but I think my point being... I shouldn't have told the story. Okay, fine. <laughs> and I think telling the story again wouldn't help. Okay, it wouldn't help the situation. Wouldn't help me or my marriage. <laughs> yeah. No, fine, fine. Or the possibility of any other dog-owning future. No, exactly. It wasn't my dog. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right okay, that's fine. Well, yeah, I mean, that'd be... Look, I'm not an absolute savage, Matt. Obviously, if it was someone else's <laughs> dog, I was jerking off. <laughs> Well, you know what then? I mean, I'm really looking forward to this. I can't wait. Can we start with your first confession, please? Yeah, I think this is quite sweet, really. I sometimes do the breakfast show. So I cover the breakfast show on Five Live. And it means getting up at about 3.30, which is obviously horrendous. Yeah. And my wife had said, look, you just can't. Like, It's unacceptable for you to be getting up at that time and then crashing around like a big lummox because then I'm not sleeping. You need to sleep somewhere else. And we didn't have a spare bed, but we got a spare bed. And it's a single bed. And I absolutely, I mean, I really like it. I just love sleeping in a single bed. (laughs) I I don't fit in it. I'm massive. I do not fit in a single bed. And yet I still take an enormous amount of pleasure. So I find it quite exciting just being in this little room on my own. Right. Just snuggled up, my feet poking out the end. (laughs) I think it must be that it takes me back to my childhood somehow. I'm sort of in a little fetal position in a small single bed and it makes me feel very, very reassured. It's obviously quite weird because uh, objectively you should much prefer sleeping in a big bed with your wife. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you know what? I'm not sure about the single bed thing, but... I love it when my girlfriend is away and you get the bed to yourself. That is like a mini holiday, isn't it? Having like your own space and being alone. So I do understand that part of it. So you're spread eagling, presumably. No, not even necessarily. I still sleep on my own side. It's just nice to be by yourself, isn't it, sometimes? That's the thing. So I effectively, the area of bed that I occupy is basically like a single bed anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Because if I come over onto Ema's side, then do I know about it? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> There's such a clear dividing line. <laughs> I would argue being in a double bed, you almost have less space than a single bed because there is no room for error over the other side, is there? Like, yeah. no. Is it you could hang over the edge of the bed if it was a single and bed? You better so- believe I do. I'm having all sorts of fun back here. <laughs> <laughs> do you sometimes sort of instigate an argument because you know that ultimately you'll have to go and sleep in the spare room? No, but you're right. That's not a bad idea, is it? That is a good idea. If I don't have the radio, there is literally no reason for me to be. <laughs> sit. So I can't justify no. it. Yeah. You should become a milkman. That's true. There's always that. There are options. There are ways of me engineering it, so I'm always yes, sleeping in are. a single bed on my own. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a similar thing. Well, we've got a room in, in our house that is um, for when my wife's mum and dad come down. It's like their bedroom. Yeah. yeah. And at the moment, like our kids kind of are still at that age. Sometimes they want to come and sleep with us. They kind of, you know, have a nightmare or whatever and come into our bed. Yeah. What are they, teenage? Yeah, yeah, 18, 19, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So, you know, they come into the bed and I can't sleep. If there's another person in the bed, it's just game over because I get kicked in the balls all night and or in the face sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go into my mother-in-law's room. You know, she is not there, just like to add. Fine. And I will sleep there and, my God, do I love it. Yeah. I 
absolutely love it. I'm assuming that's a double bed, though. It is. It's not a single bed. No, it is a double bed. Look, I think a lot of marriages would be better if we all just agreed that sleeping together is awful. Well, yes and no. No, sometimes, like, but if I'm away for a while, I can't wait to come home and sleep in the bed with my wife. I really get some comfort and joy from it. Yeah. But there is something every so often about having that time to yourself. It's quite nice to... um imagine that actually you had a single bed and that was what you were making your in-laws sleep in. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. A la Bert and Ernie to be like, look, no funny business while you're in our house. (laughs) So obviously, because you are, you must be, what are you, like 6'4 or something? Yeah, yeah, 6'4. Maybe even, no, actually, I think I used to be, and this is awful, isn't it? I think I used to be 6'5, but obviously you gradually get shorter. I think I'm back down to 6'4 now. Are you really? What? Really? Yeah, because the bits in between your vertebrae just get, slowly crushed it's such a great (laughs) metaphor for life (laughs) you gradually get shorter because the pressure of everything just shrinks you (laughs) squashes you down yeah it's exactly that that's what is happening so with obviously the the alone bit's good but the single bed bit is it's this kind of childhood regression i I think it is that yeah i can't account for it otherwise because it's sort of definitively not more comfortable or, or more pleasurable you need some like posters on the wall you need some like posters of like I don't know, whatever you were into at the time, cars or zoo magazine cutouts or whatever it was. Look, I'm going to stop you there, Matt. I apologise, Rick. Matt has got a lot of old busted merch he's trying to get rid of on every single podcast. Yeah, if you need some, I have some busted pictures. I mean, I would have been in my 20s when busted were in their pops. I think it would have been quite weird for me. It maybe would have, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll do it out of respect for you. I mean, why don't you just try it one night is all I'm suggesting. You know, just try it. Just surround your room. I recommend it, guys. Like, I really <laughs> recommend it. Back when you were single and on tour, Matt, you must have slept in a few bedrooms where you've gone back to someone's house and it's covered in busted posters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 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 let's not go there. Oh, we'll move on from that. That's more than I needed. All I'll say is I once got sent a video of a lady on a busted bedspread. <laughs> doing something <laughs> but i will leave it at that <laughs> by the way saying you'll leave it at that i mean you, you've given us most of it there <laughs> i've given everything you need to know right i think so see and you're worried about embarrassing yourself rick if we go back to your childhood and what was your childhood bedroom like then because what were you into when at that point so it was quite small and i had which i found very exciting what's called a, a cabin bed you know a cabin bed? Yes. Oh, I love the cabin bed. So you go up a couple of little steps and then it had a pull-out desk yep. underneath it. Yes. It's just fantastic. The excitement of going up a few steps, like your own bunk bed, phenomenal. And then on the walls I had, predictably actually, cars. So I had a Ferrari F40 and uh, and a Lamborghini Countach. I mean, the cabin beds, I, I've not thought about cabin beds. Of course you have Since I was probably nine, but they were the ultimate envy. Like, I really mm. envied anyone with a cabin bed. My cousin had a cabin bed that had a slide down it as well, which was just showing off. That's so cool. That's unbelievably yeah. good, isn't it? You like cars, right? It mm. sounds like you were mm. really into cars. You know, you could get the Tonka beds, you know, the, the little kind of sports car beds. That sounds more for you. That should be what that room is, yeah. Yeah. You should put the car bed in. Yeah. I guess the only problem Problem is I am 41. <laughs> That's the only slight <laughs> slight sticking point here. Yeah, I mean... Even the process of buying that bed. And who, who's this for, your little son? Huh? No, no, no. Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> no, he just like you say yes. Yeah. Yes. He's away at boarding school when he comes back, he's gonna be very excited. Thank you very much. You know, the, the single bed thing, um, so sometimes it happens occasionally, say if you're away um by yourself for something, normally for work, and you get booked into a twin room rather than a double room mm-hmm. in a hotel. That so is that something that, you know, normally they apologize for at the front desk. They kind of go, well, we've only got twins left, and you're like, no, no, no. That is absolutely great for me. Throw it a bit. I mean, I suppose my only criticism of the of the twin in a hotel is that I like having a wall on one side, and they tend to be right. Like if both sides are open, it is less cozy. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yes. Yeah, I, I sort of mean, like the yeah. fact that I'm, I'm curled into a into a little corner. Absolutely. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. The monsters can get you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Do you ever go and have to sleep in a, a single bed with your children, Matt? When they're sort of having a rough night, Do you go and share a bed with them, and then you think, "Oh, this is quite nice." You think, "I'm so happy with this." Well, this was quite a big deal in our house because we did the one thing you're not supposed to do with children, which is allow them in your bed. And we did it with all three of them. Yeah. And we promised every time we won't do that again. And we did. So in the end, to make them go into their own room, they all have double beds in their their bedrooms. (laughs) So at any moment, me or my wife will be sleeping in a double bed with a child in a separate room. But we did it selfishly to make sure that we could both fit in those beds. Right, I see. When the band is on tour, obviously we spend an awful lot of time on a tour bus. And they are single bunk beds. Yeah. Now, I was well against this. I was like, I'm going to hate this. This is going to be awful. I sleep solid. Like, mm. I go into that bed. Really? You know, um, I mean, back in the day, there wasn't so much sleeping going on. But now, there is a definite full-on get in my bunk bed. I have these headphones that I put on, which are noise cancelling. Yeah. I put that on. It plays some calming music, and I sleep like a baby. There's a lot to be said for it. It's, re- it's really nice. It's really nice. Also, at any moment, you can lift a headphone off and hear a masturbating roadie as well. <laughs> Wow. Always nice to send you off. On a busted bedspread. On a busted bedspread, yeah. That's what you should do, I think. For the next tour, now that we know they exist, in every single bunk on the tour bus, it's a busted bedspread. No questions asked. Before Busted broke up, they must have mass-produced thousands of them. Mm. I reckon they're in a warehouse somewhere just rotting away. We can buy them all really cheaply. I'll get you all one. For your single bed. Yeah, lovely. Are they headless? So when you pull your head up, you can choose which member of the band you're going to be for your sleep? Or what did they look like? The busted bedspreads. That would have been a really good idea. Yeah. And maybe there's like a gap for you to have each of our ridiculous hairstyles. So there's like a gap for your head and then you've got like my yes. spiky hair on Charlie's. Like an end of pier board. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, listen, these these might not exist, but I think we should we should produce them. I mean, for we definitely sure. should. A bit of podcast merch. I think that's what's going to happen now. Exactly. So do you know what? Well, thinking about this, I think it's quite nice. The single bed thing. I do as well. I mean, I think there's something quite innocent about it. Yep. It seems quite reminiscent of childhood. Mm-hmm. Like, it's cosy. I, I can see why you like it. Thank you. I personally think this is good, bad. What do you think, Matt? I also agree. I think, um, you know, the thing that really won me over is when you said next to a wall. I've not slept on a bed next to a wall for a very long time, and it is a really nice feeling. Yeah. There's probably some psychologists listening to this thinking that that, that we've got loads of issues. No doubt. However, it's good, bad. I think you need to start engineering it to happen more in your life. Yeah, well, it's just, as we said, it's the argument before bedtime or milkman. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is my life plan. (laughs) Always options. Well, I think this therapy session is going very well so far. Thank you. (laughs) Can we have your next confession, please? Yes. So this is the one I mentioned on, on the radio because I don't know if you saw Lewis Hamilton. It was his dog's birthday, maybe. 
Yeah. And he had ordered a, a like a dog cake. Great. No, hang on, not a dog. A, a, a cake for dogs. So not in the shape of a dog, because that would be horrible for the dog. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's feeding the dog this cake. No problem. The dog is loving it. And then he's sort of like taking vegetables out and then eating it himself and then back to the dog and then and then back to himself. And it, it's quite like, you know, it, it's, it's surprising. You think that's, that, that, that's a bit much. And I was saying, sure, but my absolutely routine, as soon as I finish anything off a plate, I just put it straight down for my cat to eat. Actually, often she'll try and just pour stuff off as I'm eating. But generally, <laughs> I mean, to say that I've done a bad job of parenting this cat is an understatement. <laughs> yeah, she'll just eat whatever, and she will literally eat anything. She once ate a loaf of bread. A loaf? A loaf of bread? It's insane. But yeah, and so routinely, I will allow my cat to just eat off my plate. Now, when I said this on, on the radio, the mix of people saying, absolutely, it's like a pre-clean for the dishwasher, and people being like, you are absolute scum, you're disgusting, <laughs> was quite, and, and, no, and literally no one sort of ambivalent. Like it was one of those ones where you were either yeah. really, really supportive of it or really hated it. I think that we're going to fall on party lines here because Matt's views on pets is pretty negative anyway. He's not a fan. <laughs> So, um, Matt, how do you feel about this? Let's start, let's start with you and we'll build up to what I'm going to say. I think there's one, one very important question here, mm. right? If the cat comes to your plate and eats something off of it, which you have not yet finished, mm. would you then carry on eating from that same plate? So normally what she would do is she would snatch something. Okay. With her tongue or with her claw? Uh, Generally, uh, teeth, I suppose, is her modus operandi. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm really trying to dissuade her from doing that, obviously. Okay. If there's any kind of licking involved, then that's uh, that's, that's curtains. Oh, right, okay. Because of the cat licking its own genitalia. Exactly right. That has to be unhygienic. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen, um, uh, like, many people, um, for instance, I think it's well known that I'm not a big pet fan. Right, so people will send me videos and go, "Oh, but look!" and it's like their dog licking their face. It was like about literally three minutes ago that dog was licking its own butthole, and now it's licking you on the face. That is not cool. I have to agree with you on that because um, dogs are disgusting, but cats are brilliant. Cats are more lickers, don't they? Don't they? Don't they cough up those balls of hair from around their bodies? Like, what? Not really. Cats are very, very clean, though. Cats are very clean compared to what? Dogs. Okay. Dogs, yeah, yeah, dogs. Compared to dogs, I obviously have a cat as well. And the problem is, is I was always like, oh, you know, I would never let them do that. However, when you then get a pet, you do sort of think yours is the best one. So you give them all these exceptions that you see other people doing it and you think, well, actually, but it's sort of fine because mine's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. My cat, who is currently sat by my feet because he's sort of he's sort of interested in podcasting but not quite ready yet yeah he just loves your audio setup doesn't he he just he just (laughs) oh my god he's just a big fan of these mics my problem is he likes to drink out of our cups like he doesn't eat off plates ever but he will always if you have a glass of water he'll always get straight in and i will see that he's drunk out of it and be like i can't be bothered to refill that so then we'll carry on drinking out of it which i think is kind of fine i don't think that's a problem that's not fine, Matt. Yeah, even I'm wondering if that's fine. Oh, shit. That's not 
fine Matt I've really thought that was the time my girlfriend won't do that but I'm always if I'm by myself I'll be like oh fuck it who cares yeah do you know what maybe I'm the same actually I think it's it's very much a case of sort of public perception absolutely so if, if my <laughs> wife is there uh, then I'll be like oh god yeah gotta, oh. gotta get rid of this but yeah if I'm on my own I'll, I'm what I'm going to die of something. (laughs) (laughs) I think the cat knows that he's got this power that I do sometimes drink the water that he's licked because when he licks his penis, it is with a lot of eye contact. (laughs) Oh, my God. It feels like there's a real power move going on here that he sits in the middle of the carpet licking his penis with, with a look that maybe I'm reading too much into it of, oh, you've drunk the water that licks this dick. You know, it's it's sort of... Here's the thing. He's learning that from somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) They learn everything from their parents, I'm told. The image of you and your cat sort of aggressively doing that at each other is fantastic. (laughs) With my leg in the air. Your leg in the air. And sort of maybe like some kind of weird tongue extension. It's like a weird game of chicken. Yeah. Who looks away first? <laughs> if I'm watching that, I'm looking away first, I think. <laughs> oh, it sounds like your cat is quite spoilt as well. Horrendously, yeah. yeah. Well, you worship your cat, right? You must love your cat to let this behaviour slide. Totally. Like if I were to just hypothetically describe my sort of my pet owning style... I'm probably quite strict and and kind of, you know, absolutely, you know, there are hard and fast rules. And the reality is I'm an absolute softie and she can do whatever she likes. Like the other day I made a large batch of soup, like huge pot of it, and I'd put the lid on and somehow my cat's so keen to get in to try and eat the soup, she sort of nosed it all the way off the hob and just like all over, it was just like a sea of soup on the floor and her just sort of standing there like paws in just like that. and then in fairness it's like that is that's not okay no the thing is I don't know how to explain that to her no because she's just like oh, I've done something tremendous here I've yeah. hunted this soup I've solved the problem of how I get the soup out of the thing and now I'm feasting what is your problem yeah. now I have an abundance of soup yeah. the problem with cats is it's not like dogs where they do respond to that like cats couldn't give less of a fuck what you say to them no I had a screaming argument with my cat because... How did that go? He won, obviously, okay. um, because it went on until I had to leave the house and then he like so, and he carried on doing it anyway. So he keep, he's got this thing at the moment where, for whatever reason, there's one corner of the sofa he's decided there's something buried in and he digs in it like, like nobody's business. And I go, stop doing that! And he'll look at me and then try and continue. So I'll pick him up and move him. And in the end, I yelled at him about damaging the... Like, and he doesn't give a shit. Like, he's just like, well, this dickhead's losing the plot over nothing. Yeah. And I don't make anything better. And it's the same as like he loves, oh my God, 4am uh, crawling into the bottom of the bed to bite your feet. Oh, brilliant. But the thing is, when he does it to my girlfriend and not me, I find it really amusing. So I feel like I'm yeah, subtly kind of reinforcing this yeah, behaviour. It's, it's your fault. Yeah, I mean, I imagine there's nothing about this conversation that is making Matt reconsider his stance on pets. No, I don't think there is. No, I'm completely dead inside. I mean, look, the thing is, right, is that my kids are like unbelievably on my case for a puppy. It is so annoying now. For instance, right, this last week on Monday, my daughter made a bet with me on the Sunday night, right? She's been on my case to get a puppy for two to three years, like uh, on a weekly basis, trying to make deals with me to get a puppy. And I've said, no, 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 no. I've tried to show her videos of people picking up poo. Was that one that you and Emma filmed together? Just like, Emma? Yeah, exactly. I just pooed in the garden and said, right, go pick it up. That's what it's going to be like. (laughs) 
she's been on my case for quite a long time about this puppy. So I was like, right, okay, I'll make a deal with you. Since like November, sugar has been off the scale in my house. Okay. And um, I'm a bit of a sugar hater. So I was like, right, okay, I'll make a deal with you. If you do not eat any sugar, and I mean you can't have sugar in a sauce or in a ketchup or in anything whatsoever. If you eat zero refined sugar for an entire year, on Christmas Day, you can wake up with a puppy, which was an unbelievably hard task, right? So so I was expecting her to go, oh, but come on. She was like, all right, Uh, deal. Oh, shit. (laughs) And she's so stubborn. She's so fucking stubborn. I was like, oh, shit, what have I done? Emma was looking at me going, you've done it now. Look at you. You've made your child healthy. Disgusting. Exactly. exactly. Um, The thing is, she's the kind of child that would do it just to fucking spite me as well, just to go, ha, you know. So I was like, right, how do I stop this from happening? About three days in, I was out and she needed a snack, but she had nothing and she caved and ate some Cadbury's dairy milk. When I wasn't there, her mother gave it to her and they tried to keep it a secret from me. But in the end, I found out. It does sound a bit like Emma didn't want the dog as well. Yeah, it does, yeah. Absolutely. Emma was 100% in on it. Emma told me. And of course, I was like, well, well, well. Oh, (laughs) It was a joyous moment. Emma's come off really badly in that story that she's absolutely betrayed your daughter's trust just so you didn't have to get the dog. That's amazing. Dangling a dairy milk in front of your daughter's going, oh, hungry, are we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you deserve it. Daddy's not here, just do it. I came back and I was like, I see some chocolate crumbs on the worktop, Isabel. What seems to have happened? Did she think she was going to get away with it? No, but now she's decided that she's going to do it anyway just to prove to me that she can do it. I love the sound of your daughter, by the way. She sounds fantastic. She's, she's going to fucking go blazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Look, if my cat licks some of my food, it's like you said, it's a public perception thing. I think, actually... Yeah, I probably would eat. If no one else was around, I couldn't be bothered to go and do it. Or if it was the last piece of something that I really wanted. So letting your cat eat off your plate, I don't really have a problem with this, I don't think. I wonder if this is the same thing, right? Because when my little one has an ice cream from the ice cream van, right, she's a dribbler. (laughs) She'll be licking the ice cream and it'll be dripping down her hand. It's all there. And I know full well that that is not ice cream dripping down there. That is ice cream mixed with saliva and quite a lot of dribble. She's also probably just eaten something gross before she's had the ice cream. But I will quite happily take it, uh, lick around the outside to make it more bearable for her to eat. And it's disgusting because it tastes a bit like spit, you know. So I will do that. So is that the same? Is that exactly the same thing? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I think it almost definitely is. Yeah, I, d- I do understand that once you, you know, get to know something and love it, you take these things as a different thing. Also, when I have tried to be a bit more disciplinarian, if I now don't let my cat lick the plate, she is f- just livid. Yeah, she cannot understand why. Like, we have a routine that she enjoys, but why would I deprive her? Why would you do this, Daddy? It's yeah. actually... And now now it's it's not worth the hassle of not no, doing it, basically. grief off your cat. <laughs> Honestly. I don't have a cat, but I do have children, and I would let them eat off my plate, and I do eat off their plates, and I wouldn't have a problem with it. So I kind of imagine it's a very similar thing, right? Apart from it's an animal, and in my opinion, they're fucking gross. Dirty, yeah. But do I have a problem with this? Well, would you share an ice cream with the cat? No. Okay, there we go. That's a step too far. Matt, are you sharing an ice cream? 
Yeah, I probably would. <laughs> yeah, I probably would share an ice cream with my cat. I never have, but like the idea of it, I think the bonding experience of that is worth how disgusting it is for me. Like, oh, it's chocolate sprinkles. Oh, no, not this time. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're definitely on side there. I mean, oh, absolutely. If anything, you're too on side. Matt, I think we're going to disagree here, but I think this is good, bad. I think this is fine. I do also let my cat, I think it's amusing sometimes. I open my mouth in front of him and he goes, oh, I could go and have a look in here and he shoves his whole face in my mouth so I'm too far gone to be saved I think this is good bad Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom like Evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds Salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me that wasn't an option I never really was a salad guy that's just not who I am but Noom worked for me Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Now, Rick, at this point in the podcast, our listeners send in confessions anonymously. Yeah. And we yeah, yeah. Uh, go through a couple of them with you and you help us determine if they're good, bad or bad. Sure, bad basically. Sure. So we're going to go through a couple now. I believe Matt's got one and so do I. Yes. I'll go first today. Um, now, This one is, I think, fairly innocuous. If I'm in a supermarket or a shop and I see something out of place on display, like an upside-down box or something in the wrong place, I will go out of my way to put it back. I enjoy this so much and find it so satisfying, I make sure I go round the supermarket looking for things to move back to where they belong. And they don't work in the supermarket, no? Presumably not, no. This is someone who's out shopping and they then go and just do a bit of free labour. Well, I mean, this is just, this is a nice person, isn't it? Yeah, this is a thing they like to go and enjoy. Yeah, I, I think, good, you know. Good decency. Quick question. Yeah. If, for instance, you have picked up a jar of pesto, thinking that the fresh pesto that you wanted that they have made in the fresh aisle yeah. was no longer available, right? So you've picked up a jar okay. of pesto because you need it for cooking. Then you walk down another aisle and there's the fresh pesto. What would you do with the jar of pesto that was in your trolley? I would always take it back to where it came from. I would absolutely put it in the most convenient place I could find, which was right in front of me. Yeah, I'm doing the same, actually, and assuming that this listener of yours is going to just uh, 
you know, repair the damage. Exactly. Why would I bother myself when I know there's good Samaritans wandering around? Exactly. <laughs> Looking for a little hit of the feel-good juice. There's basically supermarket superheroes around, yeah. you know, which is what this person is. Yeah, I suppose. And if you want that experience that you can just leave something convenient and you think it's not going to get picked up, just go and shop in Aldi and you're fine. Yeah, like it's there just, is no wrong place. There is no right it's place. A, yeah, exactly. yeah, it's a free-for-all. <laughs> this is the kind of thing I would do. I'd go, oh, that doesn't go there because I worked in a supermarket for a bit and look... People are animals. Like, people like open milk, they pour it on the floor. This is a fairly minor indiscretion, moving something to where it shouldn't be. People open milk and put it on the floor. Oh, people used to like, there'd be milk all over the place, there'd be bottles of wine smashed everywhere. Just people really don't care. I think this is, I mean, this is actually quite an endearing, nice yeah. thing to go and do. There's, I don't think there's any question that this is a bad thing. Maybe the only bad thing is, look, there, there's a 17-year-old in that supermarket somewhere gagging for some work to do. I don't think that's true, is it? Absolutely not true. They would much rather sit there and do fuck all. Yeah. This still sort of haunts me a bit because I don't know why. When I was 16 and you sort of apply for your first job, I applied to work in our local supermarket and didn't get a job. And I still think about that. I'm like, what? Likewise, I applied to two news agents and our local Tesco and didn't get in any of them. This is what I'm saying. Well, this has been a great little ego boost for me. Literally, every job I had was washing dishes. Yeah. That's all I was fit for. Do you do kitchen portering? I did a bit of that. Kitchen portering. I did quite a few of those jobs. I've since eaten in one of the restaurants that I was a kitchen porter for. I went back there recently and sat there and was like, ah, (laughs) (laughs) look at me now. What's the most expensive thing on the menu? Oh, how that. <laughs> uh, see, if you had a cat, you could have yeah. brought it with you. Exactly. I have a similar story to that. Basically, I had the same thing. So I worked at Next for about three years when I was younger in my hometown, like from like 16 to 19, I worked in Next. And then a couple of years ago, Sam was the Next girl. So she was on the front of the book and she was in all the stores, like all over the stores. And I went back to my hometown. I was out shopping with my mum and I bumped into someone who still works in the next that worked there when I was there. And they went, how's everything going now? And I went, well, I live with her. So pretty great, actually. Like that was my kind of story of coming back and going, I've made it. That was your comeback. That's what you said. Fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Like you're one of going to eat there. I was like, I I live with her. So I once worked in Next as well, Matt. You worked in the back though, didn't you? I worked in the stock room. Yeah. I got fired. (laughs) Did why? Me and my friend Vinny worked in the stock room. And once we got so fucking high that we could hardly speak or do anything. And we were in the stock room and we couldn't stop laughing. We could do any work. We were just giggling at each other for fucking ages. And eventually they obviously knew and they chucked us out. You know, it's interesting though. I didn't realise until fairly recently, legally, every stock room has to have someone called Vinny working in it. Oh, really? <laughs> it's like this weird national quota. And if they don't have one, someone has to change their name by deed poll. It's the most warehouse name of all time, isn't it, Vinny? Yeah, Vinny. Come on, Vinny. I loved it. Well, I think that was quite a simple one then. We all think that's a very nice thing to do. Good, bad. Carry on. Well done, you. Just follow Rick Edwards around. Also, can I just say, if we can break the format, it's good, good. Good, good. Yeah, yeah, good, good. There's no bad element to that. Can we move on to your next confession, please, Rick? So this, I think, is, is slightly embarrassing and suggests that I'm still a child much like the bed one. And it's that I still, age 41, absolutely love mama jokes. (laughs) Not like, yo, mama's so fat. Not that one. It's a very specific style of joke that comes from the Adam Sandler film, The Waterboy. So I would have watched this 20 years ago with my friends. And there's one line that always stuck out to us and that we have been using 
for the subsequent 20 years. We're doing it at least three or four times a week, every week for 20 years. And the line is, uh, Bobby Boucher, the Adam Sandler character, is playing American football, and he's a goon, right? A sort of stuttering goon. Yeah. And he says to one of the big American football players that he's about to uh, play against, good luck in the upcoming play, or something like that. And the American footballer says, I'll be playing with your mama tonight. <laughs> it's not really particularly, it's not even a good line. It's not, it's not clever. I would argue it's not even a joke. It's not even really a joke. <laughs> but we do that. So basically, you can't say anything without the comeback being an engineering of a line like that. So I just looked at two from this week, just to be topical. <laughs> it's mainly my friend Dan. And you're all the same age. You're all men in your 40s oh, now. Yeah, yeah. So Dan, to be fair to him, is 39. Okay, fine. He's a serious and very successful historian. And it doesn't even need to be that he's said it to me. So if I see you post something on Facebook, so he posted on Facebook that he's thinking about... <laughs> Thinking about starting a Substack newsletter. I don't know what that is. No. But what I've texted him is, I'll be subscribing to your mama's Substack newsletter tonight. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, we were playing online cribbage. What a pair of legends. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you're 41. Yes, yes. Okay, just double checking. And I'd opened up a bit of a gap. So I was 6'3 ahead of him. uh, And he said, oh, you're opening up a bit of a gap. And I obviously texted him and said, I'll be opening up your mama's gap tonight. Lovely. And honestly, it's never going to stop. I think this is just it now. Like, I'm going to continue these pathetic... So even at, like, say, one of your friends, say, in 30 years' time, sadly passes away, and you're all at the funeral, and one of your other friends gives a eulogy going, well, at least he's going to pass on to a better place. I'll be passing on to your mama's better place tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Fantastic. I... Absolutely fucking love this. This is amazing. (laughs) Okay. I've already made a mental note that my group chat with my friends that we've all been friends since we were 11, this is ground zero now for our yo mama jokes because this is the kind of shit we do constantly. Yeah, and, and and the key thing is the less it makes sense, the better, really. The, the more the more that we enjoy it. So there are sometimes ones where actually it is like the innuendo works. Yeah. But that's not required. That is absolutely not required. So Substack <laughs> Newsletter is a good example, I think. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't know what a Substack <laughs> yeah. Newsletter is. Don't know what that would mean. I was subscribing to your mama's one. <laughs> but here we go. <laughs> Do you have any jokes like this, Matt, with, with your friends that have just lasted forever and like barely make sense anymore? Very similarly to this, it started with, that's what she said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the one that lasted a while. But then it turned into, that's what your mum said. Right. Which happened for quite a while and still comes up every now and again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what your mum said. Yeah. You know what? I'm really glad we're doing this on this podcast because when I was younger and I would make stupid jokes like this, my parents would go, adults you respect don't do this. You need to stop doing this now. And the kind of adults I would have respected would be a television personality and a man in a rock band. So this is going to reassure a lot of young children that nothing ever changes. No. You can keep on going with the same old shit. Yeah. We do quite a lot of that's what she said as well. Yeah. Under the sort of guise of we're doing it ironically, but enjoying it in exactly the same way as someone who wasn't doing it ironically, (laughs) i.e. it isn't ironic, we're just enjoying it. Just doing it. We're pretending we're doing it in a kind of like, that's what idiots would say, but we are fucking idiots and we fucking enjoy saying it. Yeah. Exactly how we do it. One member of my friend group, once again, like you say, very successful man. Anything he said when we were 15 years old, he'll say something really great. Like he'll be like, oh, you know, I've just gotten engaged. And 
anything he said when we were younger is just brought up and used against him, even though we're now all sort of in, you know, 30 and uh, kind of proper adults. So he's telling us something quite serious the other day. And when we were children, he once had a Domino's. And the next day he came to school and he went, I'll tell you what, I'm still thirsty after that Domino's yesterday. And everything he does, like he, when he got his master's degree, we're all like, we're like, oh, what does it, what does it feel like getting your master's degree yesterday? Still thirsty. And he's like, I'm a proper man now. Can you not? <laughs> it is that kind of like slightly boyish, we're just going to do this until we die. And it, there's nothing anyone can do about it thing that I really love. I've developed something, something similar, which is a terrible parental problem that I have. Okay. But my daughter will tell me something. <laughs> something that has happened during her day and she'll start to tell me and I'll go, oh, well, that... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a confidence builder. It kills me. It makes me laugh so much. <laughs> My wife has gone, oh, you've got to stop doing that. I mean, it was funny, but you've got to stop doing that. I was like, okay, sorry. So anyway, and then she'll be like, well, and then Alex said to thingy, and then Nathan, <laughs> and it's just, it's just a, a never-ending piece of amusement. But I'm sure it's going to cause trauma. And one day in therapy, I'll be brought in by her therapist to explain myself. <laughs> she'll go. She'll go. Do you know these early childhood traumas? And you'll go. Yeah, like yeah, that, and yeah. the therapist will these cry. Um, <laughs> also, everyone's mums are funny. Like your mama jokes are funny. They are very funny. Annoyingly, though, growing up, I had the mum that everyone had decided was a milf. Um, so, and it still goes on to this day. I'll say something. I'll be like, "Oh, really excited? You know, I've just been booked for this thing." And one of my friends will go, "Yeah, they want to meet your fit mum." And that's the joke. <laughs> and it's been the joke for years. Yeah, she's just a normal mum. We have one of you at our school as well. <laughs> we, what, someone with fit parents. Well, who you went? What the? What's happened here then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. How did this and this make this? Fucking unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, in the interest of equality. We should maybe switch this on to dads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dads. You know. What, your dad are jokes? Like, yeah, I'm going to subscribe jokes, to your yeah. dad's. I mean, your dad's still funny as yeah, well. Yeah, your like, dad's you know, okay. Yeah, your dad's okay. It's not got the same ring, though, is it? No, no it, it isn't. isn't. Yeah. You know what? With this, I am excited about bringing this into my life now. There you go. There you go. This isn't a confession so much as a gift. Yeah, um, I love it. And I love shit like this. And I love how childish and brilliant it is. And it still fills me with joy. I'm going to fill your mama with joy later. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Slight tweak is you've got to end it with tonight for some reason. Tonight, okay, yeah, yeah. Tonight, okay. <laughs> you know what? This is beyond good, bad. Very good, bad. Well done. Thank you very much for coming on. Now, how do you feel of, of admitting these things? I think you've, you've done really well. There wasn't a bad, bad in there. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that what I've revealed is that I've sort of infantilised myself. <laughs> <laughs> this has just crystallised that. And I just, it makes me wonder if it will ever be an evolution. Like, I think, so here's the thing. I can so clearly remember my mum's 40th, birthday party yeah and everyone just seemed so like old <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. yeah and I am now older than that and I didn't imagine that any of the people at, at that age were behaving or enjoying the things that I still enjoy I just thought that I would evolve I haven't why haven't I <laughs> <laughs> was secretly my dad doing like your mama jokes 
on the landline to his mates. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe. Hopefully. We'll live the dream. We'll live the dream. Yeah. Now, obviously, people can buy your science-ish books, podcast, and um, the BBC show was great as well. So that, that's still on the iPlayer, I believe, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, the science-ish of Stranger Things is on the iPlayer at the moment. Thanks very much. Thanks, Rick. You've been a gem. Thank you, mate. That was so much fun. Thank you. I'll be having so much fun with your mama tonight. Oh, there we go. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> So that was Rick Edwards. Yes, Rick Edwards. He's a cool bloke, isn't he? I'm a bit starstruck. He doesn't live very far from me, and I see him in the street sometimes. And I have met Rick over. Yeah, I do know him to say hello to, but I still get starstruck when I see him. I go, oh my God, it's Rick Edwards in my head. And I have a little panic. Oh my God, is he going to talk to me in public? Because I used to watch Rick Edwards hungover on T4. You know, he was an iconic part of my life. Yeah, he was actually just after busted really oh really he was like the new breed the next generation the next generation of tv presenters we were like more of a simon amstel days oh they were good days i loved that what was the show pop um pop world pop world what a bloody funny show pop world was amazing yeah i loved that although everyone else i talked to hated it they hated going on pop world because they just slagged you off i can see why you liked it yeah yeah, yeah. but i love being slagged off because it's really <laughs> cleverly wittily slagged off and i was like you're right we are you may have just heard that matt willis said he loved being slagged off however what he prefers is praise in the form of reviews of this podcast on your favorite podcast website yes make sure you subscribe tell all your friends and we'll see you next week peace out hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands and the best part they're all about safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.